I've been on the streets of Belize City since I was a kid, hustling and scraping to survive. I've seen the worst of humanity, the depths of despair and violence that people can sink to, but I've also seen the strength and resilience of the human spirit. The ability to rise above adversity creates something beautiful out of chaos. I formed the Northside Kings to protect our community, to give us a voice, a sense of belonging. We're not criminals, we're brothers. We look out for each other, we provide for our families, and we stand up for what we believe in. The Southside Serpents, they're different. They're driven by greed and power, and they'll do anything to get what they want. They're a threat to everything we stand for, and we won't let them take our city from us. Go grab a gun. We're going to go kill Dante right now. I grew up in a Southside. Life hard out, yeah. And only way for make we survive that for make we be hard. I say Balen I get hurt. I seen it dead. But me learn how to fight. How to win too. How to be the one who make the shots. I farm Southside Serpents for give we a voice. Give we power check. We know I make that people bully we again. We are take what that for we. And we are make we self known. Northside Kings, they bully we. They afraid for we. And they supposed to. We are the future of city man. And we know they go nowhere. In fact brother. Me I go grab my gun and kill that bully Marcus right now. I'm just a young university, university student who got caught up in this incident. I was on my way home this day and I bumped into these men. I had just recently moved to Belize to further my studies and this is what I ran into two weeks later. I have dreams, people, of a better life for myself and my family. How am I to conquer them when violence is making me scared? I'm trapped in a world of violence, a world where gang rule the streets and the innocent pay the price. I've seen what gangs can do. I've seen them hurt the people I love and I've seen them taking lives and mine was almost taken that day. I'm scared, but I am not giving up. I'm going to fight for a better, brighter future and a world where peace reigns and violence withers away in our nations. I see the world through a different lens. I see the beauty and the pain, the hope and the despair. I capture it all in my sketchbook a silent testament to the human condition. I've seen the gangs at their worst, but I've also seen them at their best. I've seen acts of kindness and compassion, even amidst the violence. I believe that there is still good in the world, that there is still hope for a better future. I just saw these two men shooting each other. I just turned around and walked away. I have been down a dark path, a path of violence and destructions. I've hurt people, I've caused pain, but I'm not that person anymore. I'm just in a journey of redemption, a journey to make amends for my mistakes. I know that I can change the past, but I can change the future. The future. I can use my experience to help others, to prevent them from making the same mistakes I did. I can be a force of good in the world, a beacon of hope in the darkness. The story shore of Belize is no stranger to violence among youths. Oftentimes, like in this story, the tales are tragic. The effects of gang violence rippling through desperate communities. The Northside Kings and the Southside Serpents, opposite sides of the same coin, both agents of brutal violence born of the intention to protect themselves from the rough world around them. Marcus, hardened by battles fought and sacrifices made, unable to tell he is even in pain. On the other side, Dante, ruthless ambition fueled by a desire for power, all because he was a victim of powerlessness as a child. Maria, a young girl with dreams as bright as the sun, suddenly trapped between rival and guns, knowing that they will not hesitate to shoot even if the bullets have to pass through her. 
Miguel, a man of few words, so desensitized to the world that unnecessary trouble and moral obligation is often considered the same thing. He's a walking commentary of the human condition and beliefs. And Elijah, a man with demons who knows holds a wider perspective of the world, saddened by every pull of the trigger that can be heard from his seat in the park. His only hope, giving the kids in the park something to do, hoping they won't turn to the guns as he once did. In the end, a question lingers. Is violence the only way in police? Welcome to our podcast on gang violence, where we explore the world of crimes and violence, as well as the media's interpretation of such events. Hi, I'm Jay Shayong, the host of this podcast. I'm passionate about bringing out stories of justice and hope to light. Let's hear what my, co- my co-host has to interpret. Hi, I'm Jose Garam. I have always had a strong interest in the people's perception of gang violence, since it is often shaped by a combination of personal experiences, media influence, and societal norms. I believe that by understanding these factors, we can create a safer world. Hi, I'm Preston Somerville, a computer science major at Galen, and I'm passionate about using technology and social media to amplify important voices that need to be heard. Hi. I'm Alanis Kalingas, the podcast social media manager. I believe that sharing stories can spark dialogue and inspire change. And I'm committed to using my platform to promote understanding and compassion. Hello, I'm Jasmine Monod, the podcast research assistant. I'm fascinated by the history of crime and the justice. And I believe that understanding the past is crucial for shaping a better future. And I am Delvin Santino. I believe that everyone deserves access to justice and I'm committed to using my knowledge to ensure that everyone's rights are protected. Today, a special guest who will be sharing his insights on gang violence in Belize joins us. I am pleased to introduce to you Inspector Kenroy Elio, who currently holds the post of National In-Service Coordinator. This requires him to oversee, assist, and help facilitate training for the police department all over the country. From the most rural villages to the most bustling cities, his years of experience have granted him profound insight into the social issue of gang violence and how it is framed by the social media and society. For this question that I'm going to ask you, it comes under the category with social media and gang influence. So uh, what role does social media play in the recruitment of young people and the spread of gang culture? Because social media is one of those platforms that is widely accessible, that you can access it from anywhere as long as you have internet connection, and there's a lot of people who would create accounts not using their real name they use some fake name or some nickname or whatever the case may be when used you know to promote gang activities gang membership gang whatever concerning gangs it can definitely give off the perception of being something desirable again the music that is being consumed and listened to, you know, promotes a lot of gang violence, you know, some of them, um, not to point fingers, but um, a lot of the Jamaican 
music um again you know you have the american hip-hop and then of course our very own belizean it can give off that impression of being something desirable as it relates to the role of social platforms in gang violence how does social media contribute to different forms of gang violence for example are youth being recruited or radicalized via social media this one is really hard to say. I don't know if there is any studies that have been done or is being done to really measure. But um, what I can say is that when gang activities and membership and so forth is being promoted, no one really talks about the consequences or possible consequences. And so um, I do believe it has influenced that what is being promoted is the the money, the, the fame, the recognition, you know, the attraction of the opposite sex. So I do believe it has um, strong influence. And for impact on gang dynamics, what effects do social media's visibility and connectivity have on power patterns within gangs? Like most other organizations, I also see where gangs are utilizing social media to their advantage so now membership or association or allegiance to a gang doesn't necessarily have to be you hanging out at a particular block with the use of technology and social media and all of that you know um, a lot of gangs have extended their reach to different communities, you know, to different districts, to different people. And so, yes, um, social media is is crucial in this as well. Also, on the flip side of that, to send threats, to send um, message of, you know, um, intimidation and so forth, um, social media is definitely used. Um, we do have cases that are being investigated in this regards as well. As it relates to news reporting and sensationalism, to what extent does the news media's portrayal of gang violence on social media platforms contribute to sensationalism and its potential impact on public perception and policy? While there might still be a few media houses that haven't made much adjustment, I must commend those media houses that have. I know one of them is that some of the media houses don't put these um, violent crimes and gang-related stuff at the front of their broadcast. They would push it somewhere more down in the broadcast, so that is good. But generally, it does instill a sense of fear. And at the same time, the public get to learn a lot about these gangs through the very same media coverage. Oh, well, I didn't know this one was the leader or, oh, I didn't know this one was related or associated with this gang. And it's all through the media. But I do say on the other side that the regulations being put in place has also helped in a sense to kind of control and restrict what the media would share. Um, I know one of them is against the a lot of graphic and gruesome images you know, of blood and different body fluids and organs, you know, all over the place. So a lot of them have kind of censored that, which is which is good. In terms of social media and counter narratives, 
Can social media be effectively used to create bias that discourages participation in gangs and offer alternatives for conflict solution? Yes, definitely I believe so that it can help to curb the influence, the recruitment, the whole perception about gang, the whole desire of wanting to be a part of a gang or engage in such activities. Of course, I do believe this is going to take time. It's definitely going to take strategic planning because it's not like some group or organization is uh, is going to start pushing and promoting anti-gang activities and then the gangs are just going to sit down and do nothing. So it's definitely going to take a lot of collaboration, a lot of um, strategy, and of course um, now making this seem more desirable than getting into a life of crime. And like I said, one of the things that gangs do not really put out there and promote is the possible consequences. It normally only ends two ways, either jail or in debt. When it comes to ethical consideration, what do you think the media is allowed to post or comment on when it pertains to gang-related activities? This may be wishful thinking, but if the media would just report on the facts, just the facts, um, somebody lost their life, it was done by a shooting incident or by a stabbing or a chopping or whatever the case may be, that would definitely help. But it's the lot of adjectives and the lot of connection and the lot of theory behind it and they're trying to connect the dots. And again, um, media houses does make their profit of, you know, um, attracting consumers, right, attracting an audience and all of that, and they really need to rate and promote themselves. And so you can understand where the conflict is, you know, of trying to get the best headline, trying to get the best story out there. But um, yes, if they could just keep it to the facts itself and not try to come up with some conspiracy theory or whatever the case may be, it would definitely help. When it comes to the intersection of news and social media, does the presence of social media and the rate at which news is disseminated affect the professional media report? Could this lead to inaccuracies when professionals report the news on the television? Oh, yes, um, definitely, definitely. Because of everyone wanting to get the latest news um, to their fingertips as soon as possible, there is a lot of inaccuracy. You can do the research yourself. How many times have you seen um, not only social media, but news outlets on a whole uh, go back and offer apology because of some mistake or some um, inaccurate information that had been shared in a previous release or broadcast? It happens all the time. Even in the newspaper, sometimes you would see that they would retract statements that were made or certain things that were mentioned because of the inaccuracy. So again, it's a, it's a trying to get the news out there so quickly that a lot of times they, they overlook or don't take heed to the risk of probably getting it inaccurate. In regards to the psychological impact on the audience, what do you think are the psychological effects of seeing and watching viral images and videos related to gangs on social medias as well as in the news? 
does it affect younger audiences especially i believe the more that we are exposed i'm talking any age but um, even more so young persons the more that uh, we are being exposed to these graphic explicit images and contents um, the more it begins to seem acceptable or it's just the way of life that now sometimes think about it sometimes you would hear oh uh, another person has been killed by gang violence and for some people they are now at the point where well business as usual right and so um, definitely it is killing um, or decreasing i should say that consciousness of you know what this is something wrong we really need to do something about it and everybody um, needs to do something in order for us to tackle you know um, gang violence and crime so yeah it does have that impact how has social media affected your job for example are you very cautious when you do your job in the event that someone may be recording well um Personally, I've been a police officer for over 16 years. And one of the things I always tell my colleagues or anybody on a whole is that if I know what I am doing, it means I'm familiar with the law, my do's and don'ts, then I can perform my job confidently. I don't need to be fearful of persons recording. Uh, in addition to that, we now have body cams and most police officers especially going out on any search or engagement with the public it's a policy that they are to turn on their body cam so it's two ways again the media might only grab the part of the police using force when in fact the police may have been spending uh, minutes or a long time trying to talk to that person before using force and so the body cam has really helped but there is no need to be fearful if you are not violating the law in any way for our first activity we would like to explore social issues as it relates to gang violence here we have a list of social issues and as we steer the social these social issues our fellow group members will say i or me depending on if they experience social issues within their daily lives. And of course, if we have an interesting story to share, the fellow group member is encouraged to share such a story. First up, we have poverty. Aye. 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 Well, in, in my case, I, we grew up in a, my family and I grew up in a poor neighborhood. So, I had a lot of friends back then. I had a lot of friends within the community. But after time, my mother warned me about them, stop being around them, stop playing with them. Why? Because they started going into gangs because these gangs provided for them. Since they didn't have any other source of income, how to get income, they joined gangs. And while joining these gangs, my mother told me, stop being around them, stop befriending them, because you can be caught up in their activity. Unemployment. Aye. 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 Unemployment can lead to youth involvement in gang violence. As a personal experience, I remember when I graduated in 2019 from high school, I wanted a job, but it was difficult to find one. 
I also saw my classmates wanting a job opportunity, but they didn't find. Eventually, I saw them on the streets right around the corner with people who are involved with gang violence. Therefore, I do believe that unemployment do affect youth. Discrimination. Aye. Nay. Nay. Aye. Education disparity. Aye. 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 When it comes to education, it links to poverty. Many can't afford it as teenagers or even children in our country. Majority can, but probably claim to dislike school, you know. So they perform poorly in school and they show little interest in learning. They are more likely to drop out and participate in a range of inappropriate practices. Without a good education, it is really hard to get a job that pays well. So they engage in these activities and it's very sad. Gender inequality, aye. Nay. Nay. Mental health stigma, aye. Aye. Nay. Nay. When it comes to mental health, I have had my fair share. As a student in my high school years, I suffered from mental health. In high school, many students had their own cliques and many were popular and I craved a sense of belonging and was afraid to not make friends or be in certain cliques. When it comes to mental health, it also contributes to gang violence and does have various interconnected factors. Individuals facing mental health challenges may be more vulnerable to exploitation by gangs. Gangs often target these individuals who are emotionally distressed or struggling with mental health issues, taking advantages of their own vulnerabilities. Substance abuse, nay. 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 Political instability. Aye. Nay. Aye. Cyber security. Nay. Nay. Aye. Nay. Gun violence. Aye. 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 And finally, LGBTQ plus rights. Aye. Nay. 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 Uh, when it comes to LGBTQ community, we all know that marginalized uh, communities are tend to be weaker and hence vulnerable. And the LGBTQ plus community is very is marginalized within blissity and suppression and discrimination. Hence it's easier to be targeted by gang violence. I believe as late as twenty sixteen, uh transgender woman, Miss Flowers, named Flowers, uh was murdered in a gang related incident due to her status as a transgender. So we see these and there have been several such incidents in recent years in Belize City and 
in just Belize as a whole. Let's move on to the second activity. What do you guys think are the major contributing factors of gang violence? And what has Belize done to counter these factors? In truth, there are many factors which have a major impact for a person's likelihood of becoming involved in a gang, you know, and um, this eventually leads to violence. They include uh, knowing criminal peers or family, for example, um, this boy goes to a high school, St. John's, and somehow gets in trouble with one of his classmates. Uh, this child holds that grudge from high school onwards, and he wants to get revenge for whatever the reason may be. So he joins a gang that, I don't know, maybe his brother is in, and he participates to get to that other student. So he wants that person hurt, and this happens very often. Another is poverty. I don't know, maybe using different substances like alcohol and illegal drugs. Uh, having access to weapons and drugs, unemployment, having the lack of education, and uh, being illiterate. These are also um, some common examples, especially in Belize. So, you know, like how we have our cliques in school, right? Do you think cliques are like, kind of like the same thing as gangs? The cliques we have in high school or university are the same thing like gangs? I honestly would say that it depends, you know, like not necessarily if you were in a gang, most gangs are known to be violent or they need a trade with drugs or weapons and stuff like that. In high school, no, I don't know. I just think it's being friends. What do you guys think about gang recruitment and youth violence? I personally believe that gang recruitment often preys on the vulnerabilities of youth and this has to do with like a range of factors um, that makes it successful to joining these groups for instance there are many youths here in belize that are facing economic challenges and they might be drawn to the financial incentives that these gangs offer and the promise of quick money and material gains can be enticing, especially when um, these youths are facing these economic challenges. And we can see that here in Belize. Also, I believe that um, the absence of positive role models in young in the young person's life can make them successful to the influence of gang members who may serve as alternative role models. Role models, don't you guys think? Yeah, definitely. And when you're speaking about vulnerability, I think that, well, you know, we have a lot of um, students or just children being raised in single-parent households or the father isn't present or the mother isn't present or they're staying with grandparents. So I believe these children are more likely to be recruited in gangs. And how about you, Jessamim? How do you think a gang goes about recruiting people? Yes, indeed. Gang recruitment can occur in several ways. For example, from joining from small, due to family involvement, maybe a brother or a cousin is involved. Therefore, you go ahead and involve in gang violence. 
Okay. How about you, Hassan? Honestly, when it comes to recruitment and stuff like that, basically, um, I feel like everything will boil down to your what they teach you at home and who you choose to believe or who you choose to follow the um, to the words of because um peer pressure is a major cause of all of recruitment. Let's say you have your friend, your friend is in a gang and then um he tells you, let's go, let's go with him and these people provide us with money, they'll give us this, they'll give us that. They'll pro promise you the wonders of the world, basically. But when doing that, you start believing the person rather than the teachings at your home because no mother, no father, no parent in general, no family member would like their child to be involved within the gang member, being gangs, gang members, because at any point in time, you can fall victim to to anything you're basically vulnerable there at that point because you don't have police protection police will automatically think oh you're part of that okay then so if something happens to you man you'll be labeled as a member of a gang you're caught up in a gang shooting you're caught up with this why because you've been peer pressured into being around these people staying around them now you've been labeled as a member of a gang so Awesome, thank you. And Jessamine, can you tell us a bit about prevention when it comes to gang violence? Yes. Communities can do a lot to get off violence and off the streets. Education initiatives, for example, by creating programs that provide educational support, tutoring, and resources to keep youths engaged in learning something and avoid them from getting involved in gang violence. The community outreach, engaging communities in activities, maybe sports, arts, cultural events that offer alternatives to gang involvement. Job training and employment opportunities by providing vocational trainings, internships, or job replacements programs to offer viable career paths and economic stability to those youths in the streets. Family support programs, um, by assisting families with resources, counseling, and parenting skills to create a supportive and stable environment for their children. And finally, creating recreational activities by offering structured and supervised recreational activities to keep youths engaged in positive activities during their free time. Okay, and while we're on the topic of prevention, right? Uh, what do you think is the single most effective way to occupy a youth's time or to occupy children's time? Because, you know, when you're busy, you don't join gangs. So what activity can occupy children's time the most? We will target youths that are in high school. Therefore, we need recreational activities like sporting after classes, like basketball, football, things that would engage students and let them take the, that energy in something positive. Yes, I personally believe that it's very important for the government to establish that so that the youths can be uh, occupied and actually um, having fun doing these activities so as to not get involved with gang violence. Okay, 
And in the case that it is too late to help these children or to help these youths, Jose, how about you tell us what happens to these children or these youths when they rejoin society after committing a crime or after exiting a gang? Well, in the case of this, if all these um programs or prevention programs fail to really encourage a person not to join a gang and they end up joining it and then they end up leaving the gang but then they still in that little line of being in the gang and not being in the can being in the gang there's um certain rehabilitation programs that um belize offers as well and within these rehabilitation programs there's um like uh my fellow colleague jessamine mentioned the program is consists of basically um having activities with the people showing them um what the what happens to you if you keep on being in a gang what would happen to your family what would happen to those around you it's those sort of programs that happen but then if all comes to fail and nothing is working and you're still in a gang there's certain um programs that law enforcement has issued already such as it's called proactive policing or in other words hotspot policing these officers will be in areas that um are like high gang related activities they will have to let's say um not really yeah they would have to like pinpoint patterns exactly where gang violence happens gang activities happen all sorts of things they'll have to pinpoint about it these are a bit complex and difficult since they have to work hand in hand with the community as well and if the community does not provide no information on it because let's say there are family members within it too the being aware of the family member being within it and they don't know if they would want their family, their family member to get arrested as well so they would start to lie and stuff like that so when it comes to hotspot policing it's only based on um it's usually based on um seeing where most of the activities happen and another thing they always exercise as well whenever they're in these places is that a police officer shouldn't be alone they shouldn't be going alone to these places to to look at how it's going on or what's going on within spaces because at any given point in time someone can come from behind him and get them that's the only thing they have to always keep in mind of that's why whenever it's hotspot policing there's always going to be three to four people within a vehicle as well because they cannot be walking around these areas just like that just by themselves because they can get assaulted at any point in time because gangs really do not get well along with police because for them the police is someone bad and for the police the gang is someone bad it's just like a thing that counter each other most of the time thank you for sharing that wonderful insight and to add to that view other than rehabilitation we also have to focus on you know social reintegration and of course the trauma that you incur while in an unstable environment, whether that's prison, prison, whether that's foster care or boys home, as we like to call it. Um, you, as far as trauma goes and mental health in Belize, we, can, we look at the history of the world and we've seen it's only in the past 
two decades that mental health has become a fact instead of a fiction. And we see psychologists getting the respect that they deserve and other, you know, clinical professions. So right now in Belize, we're still battling, you know, subjects such as depression uh, and just other forms of mental trauma and scarring. And social reintegration is one because you know what they say. If you're not a criminal, by the time you go in a jail, you will definitely come out a criminal. And that's because of the trauma you experience while in jail forges you into someone completely different. Well, there you have it, folks. That leads us to the end of this event. Let's give everyone who participated a round of applause. Alanis, Jose, Delvin, Jessamine, Preston, you all did exceptionally well. Mr. Elihia, taking time out for us was very kind of you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening also. We hope you soaked in what we discussed today and make good use of what was shared. And remember, violence, violence, violence is never, never an answer. answer.